Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are live from the path. Live from the path. We're coming to you from the Pathway Studios here in Johnson Proper. This is employee of the month, Mike Foost. How you guys doing? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I feel like I was thrown out pretty quickly because not, I'm not a, a level of, of upper management, basically. Hey, man. Admin rights on the Facebook are dangerous. <laughs> hey, it's, you know what's funny? Is that it still shows up uh, every uh, every once in a while. I get a recommendation, and it says, hey, invite invite uh, Booba to like your page. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He does not like Live from the Path? <laughs> <laughs> I've never liked this place. <laughs> I don't know why I'm still here. It's been 10 years. And, and, and so here's the thing. I think I remember asking you once. I'm like, well, you can't even go out and like the Facebook page? <laughs> what the heck? Wait, okay, hold up, though. Is it my actual name or is it the fake John Boova that I created? No, it's like your it? actual name. Really? It says you don't like it. No now, way. No, but he, and so I thought maybe it just picks random friends and maybe you just do like it and it doesn't keep an eye on it. But I've never had it recommend me to suggest that Dan like the page. Yeah. <laughs> Or Mike, Ooh. I like the page oh, definitely. Ouch. So it could very well be that we've been like on the show for a decade. And, hey man, no, I liked it. And Booba has not liked the page. I, I liked it a long time ago. Well, here's the deal: it, it, the the Facebook does not register it. Yeah, <laughs> it says invite the man. However, on that topic, uh, we did get. Uh, hey, and I swear to you, I did. I had no influence on this. Did it happen? Get something for? Yeah, the complaint line. Yes. Hello, this is Emma Foost. And I say that Mike Foo should be unemployed of the month. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> now, to add some legitimacy to this, uh, she's been going, so she got a phone. We got her a, like an a unconnected a phone that's not connected to a network for Christmas. <laughs> so like she could use it for uh, uh, school stuff and yeah. listen to music or whatever. And so she, I got her the podcast app, and she burned through all, all of the 2019 episodes and appears to be halfway through 2018 <laughs> Alive from the Path. Wow. Hey, I have caught her legit laughing at some of that stuff. <laughs> All right. And okay. she still feels that I should be demoted from my employee of the month, uh, yeah. huh? Absolutely. Her reaction was, she goes, Dad, can I borrow your phone to contact the complaint line? <laughs> yes. I said, I can't. That, 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 that looks like. wonderful. That's nepotistic. I can't do it. You know, you can borrow your mom's phone. <laughs> so that's what she did. <laughs> oh, man. That's fantastic. Hey, man, me and that kid are going to have to have a talk. Hey, Emma, thanks for, thanks for joining on the complaint line. Yeah. Emma, hey, finally. And, Emma. Burn, and burn it through the back catalog. You're in my youth group, Emma. <laughs> why, why have you turned on me so fast? You know, I, I buy the candy. You know I'm the candy guy. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you listen to Life from the Two Path. Two separate lives. <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Here's what I got on the show. So here's, here's the thing. If we, because of the sporadic nature of the program lately, uh, uh, we're just catching up with some big news, things that have gone on. And so by now, I assume that perhaps you've seen the uh, the Facebook post by John Cooper Skillet uh, reacting to um, uh, worship leaders or prominent Christians that are leaving the faith. And so uh, we were going to kind of fly over that and then get some, uh, get some cold-cut reactions. Uh, I saw a lot of interesting uh, reactions to it, but uh, we'll, we'll run through the crowd. We'll see what you fellas think, see if we, he got the right tenor of this response. Um, on that same line, I was I was I was scanning the news today, and here's two things that jumped out at me that uh, I was I'm very disappointed in, and we can speak further on it why. Uh, top on the Christian Post, and I never get this guy's last name right, but it's Tulian. Did uh, you? <laughs> he was the guy that uh, he was like um, uh, the, the grandson of Billy Graham, and was a pastor in uh, in Florida, I think. 
Um, anyway, he got uh, he left. He got removed from the church where he volunteered. I don't remember which one it was um, because he was having uh, sexual relations with someone in the church. Don't do that, right? Right, and so he left ministry like he should have. And it says uh, here he is back in pulpit after scandal. Now, just like two articles down or three articles down, James McDonald hints at return to ministry to followers. You guys, do you guys know James McDonald? No. Okay, I'll read a little bit of that article. He is the um, uh, he was the the founder of Harvest Bible Church. Yeah, like wicked. He, oh man. I mean, not. I mean, like lots of money and 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 horrible and and I mean, he has all the makings was, of a mob boss. Yeah. Really? Yes. Threatened murder. I mean, yeah. Like oh. not good. Um, like and, not good. He's returning. I, I guess it's ready for him to get back though. He's, uh, it's been a couple of weeks. A okay. bit, a bit. Mark Driscoll, stuff, like some of the stuff that Driscoll was accused of, but like take that times ten. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, Driscoll's just like a small child. Uh, yes, compared to okay. What he was so doing. I think you should read. We should do those two articles first, and then the skillet thing, because I think it's apropos. Okay. So uh, uh, I should mention I'm not exactly certain what the phrase apropos means. I was going to ask, but I didn't want to look like a dummy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, think, think of the, the, the root word appropriate. I was going to say it's appropriate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Is like it someone food. saying the word appropriate wrong? That's like a French dish. No, it's, no. It's, it's, they're lazing it. Appropriate. Isn't it Is the question as to when, when would I use apropos versus appropriate? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I can't speak to that. Dang. I use the apropos because it makes you look smarter. Done. Done deal. Yep. Here it is, my sugar high. I wasn't understanding correctly. <laughs> uh, it also rhymes with some certain things that other things don't rhyme with. All right. Uh, back in pulpit after sex scandal. Julian insists sex with former congregants was not abuse. Yeah, that's what I would say, oh, jerk. For oh, he just wasn't sinful either at all. As he, uh, as he gets ready for the fall launch of, the un- of his unaffiliated The Sanctuary Church in Palm Beach. Now, I'm going to just stop right there. Okay. I'm usually like, yeah, unaffiliated, that's the way. There's no reason to be tied down by a denomination. And then I think no one wants to affiliate with you. That's why you're unaffiliated. <laughs> right, no one would pass you through whatever process goes, yeah, this guy should lead people. Yep, nope. So you got to fire up your own non-denominational. That's that's the problem. Uh, people's general risk to non-denomination goes, hey, those are a bunch of wild westers who don't want to get caught under anything. Yeah. And uh, legitimate guys who run non-denominational churches are like, dude, this isn't true. And then Johnny Smokehouse comes along, and you're like, well, crap, this is why we're dealing with this particular problem. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, as he gets ready to, to launch of his unaffiliated the Sanctuary Church, uh, Tullian, who was stripped of his preaching credentials in 2015 due to extramarital relations with his former congregants, because they were all consensual and not an abuse of power. Yeah, that's the real problem. Right. Oh, for heaven's sakes. I'm mad at this article already. Yeah. Is it your wife? Well, then it's, yes, you're, it's, you're gone. You shouldn't be leading people or teaching people. Uh, the fact that it was, <laughs> oh, yeah, they said it was all right? Right. Oh. That's disgusting. All right, uh. speaking through a spokesperson. Why do they got to refer to by his last name? Tulian, 47, <laughs> told the Palm Beach Post in a report. Saturday, hold on a second. Why would you have to speak through a spokesperson if it's on record on the Palm Beach Post? Hmm. Sorry. In a report Saturday that his infidelity in 2015 was completely wrong, morally and ethically, but rejected claims that he used his role as a pastor to inveigle the women into sexual relationships. What is that? I've never inveigled a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I may have. Hold never on. Heard the word <laughs> <laughs> Let me check. <laughs> Boy, that's a legit word. Persuade. <laughs> I've never heard that. I mean, I read a lot, fellas, and I take in a lot of interesting language. Right. Invigil is a new word for me. And I'm going to use that in a sentence this week. <laughs> uh, so it is to persuade someone to do something by means of deception or flattery. While we're on that, apropos is being both relevant and opportune, and uh, appropriate is not one of its synonyms. Oh. Oops. 
It's the same. I think it's the same root word, though. <laughs> I'm just saying, on the list of synonyms, it is not on there. Appropriate, appropriate doesn't mean opportune. It just means right, whether just, it does fit. Right. Apropos means that it's op- it's also it's opportune so, to bring being up. both relevant and opportune. That yeah. still seems like a synonym to me. Are you trying to invigle me? <laughs> the English teachers are are bringing in on the complaint line. Yeah, there. Hey, yeah, hit us up on the complaint yeah, line. Let us know how to use apropos. I I, I once got in. Show a, us that you can spell it in a continued like uh, notes match. Like you, you know, you turn a paper into your English teacher, and then they write something on it, and uh. then you can like respond back. I went three rounds with my uh, one of my college professors. Of course, you did on the use of the word thrall as a verb. Uh, or is an or is an or is a noun? I was going to say to thrall someone. Yeah. So if you're generally, you'll say it's in. You're in thrall, meaning meaning you're like um, uh, overtaken by mm-hmm. them, enamored with them, right? And so I, I think I referred to someone as an office thrall, which is the, a, a person uh, who is obviously enamored Causing with everything. People to be, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, no, not they. They're not. They're the one seduced. who is. Yes, yeah. that's right. They just find themselves enamored with other people, which is a legit usage, and uh, we went back and forth on it for a long time. Hmm. A long time. Anyway, complaint. Hey, back to the article. Complaint we're line. not going back and forth in hold this on, a long time. Hold on. 515-517-0085. If you want to hit us over the complaint line, we got this thing wrong. Uh, all right. So, anyway, speaking of your I don't care what role a person has. A consensual relationship between two adults is not abuse. And some of these people will try to make the case that, well, because you're in a position of authority, it's abuse. And I'll go, okay, I can see how that has been and can be used by people in those positions. But that was just not true for me. I was not abusing my authoritative role to try and find women. Yeah, again, it's not relevant. Like the right, distinction, that's not the biggest. Yeah, they're problem. hiding behind that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, you're an you're an adulterer. Uh, yeah, yeah. The question isn't. Uh, I mean, like he specifically he's niched out the problem. Hey, I, I, I've met plenty of people that do this. You've got like a, 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 a very specific complaint about their behavior, and what they do is they take half of it and they defend themselves against the half and never speak on the other half. Right. The truth is, is that like, uh, yes, you're being accused of abusing your power as a pastor to otherwise have extramarital relations with people who are not your wife. Uh, I see, like, the problem that you're defending is like, oh, well, it wasn't abuse. Yes, but perhaps perhaps you can talk about that. But you still had relations with people who (laughs) weren't your wife and should not be leading a church because of it. He has put razor blades into popcorn balls and and arguing that he did not poison the Kool-Aid. Correct. Yeah, right. Kool-Aid was fine. Crack yeah. it up. I, get, I see you have noticed what I did. Let me tell you what I didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't kill the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and I buy fair trade coffee. Yeah. Let me so, talk for three seconds on what I, gil- what I am guilty of. Put me back on the well, Let's really focus on what I'm not guilty on. <laughs> yeah, this, maybe this is a non-article. Now, now, here's the thing. I will... C- do not construe this as defense of his behavior. Um, I, I do think you've got to be careful with the word abuse. Yeah. I just do like it's. It has become a prominent word, uh, of which um, it is it, like to describe all matter of. Hey, I didn't. People didn't treat me right. Well, he's not abusing the women. He's abusing the authority. That's right. His his authority was abused, right? So, yeah. like, I, I think he's defending himself against an allegation of abusing women. The question is, did you take advantage of your authority? Did you abuse your power to otherwise benefit? And like uh, a lot of guy, the guys. This is this is a, a, a pretty clear accusation against fellas in this in this era and they're like oh uh, i didn't uh it doesn't feel like that to them but they're not the they're the ones that are in power like when you're in power it doesn't feel like that to right you. um and so I, but but again like we've we've just i just um i understand his reaction to that word but the problem is by using such a word you've allowed him to latch on to something that he she has no grounds to latch on to and defend himself against um, it said he lost his job at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, as well as his marriage to his ex-wife Kim in the summer of 2005. 
after they discovered an affair between him and a parishioner on the church's server. He was, well, hey, here's the deal. You shouldn't, he's also an idiot. Yeah. Uh, he was he's using the church's computer. Uh, he was also deposed of pastoral credentials by the South Florida Presbytery. Um, he later wow. confessed to another affair that resulted in his firing from Willow Creek Church in Winter Springs, Florida, where he was hired after he left Coral Ridge. Two for two, buddy. Uh, oh. Let's see. Let's see if we can hold on. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Trying to see if he comes to talk about this. Um, I, I, here's what I can't get past. It's, it's the, the, the flat-out arrogance of all of it, right? Like, like when it comes to – here's the thing. It's like wh- what we know is that, is that the death on the cross covers the grace for your sins. That is true, right? When you have a proclivity towards a certain sin, if you are attempting to follow Christ with your life, then you do better than putting yourself in those situations over and over again, right? If there's people that say, look, I have a tendency to – be attracted to members of the opposite sex, uh, obviously when I am a pastor. You know what? For the good of God's kingdom and for the benefit of my walk with Christ, I will no longer be a pastor. There's not a benefit here. There's, <laughs> they're saying that, like, I, this, this is what keeps getting me into trouble. I've got to do better. And yeah. so, obviously, this part of my heart is still inclined towards this sin, and, like, I can't willpower power my way out of it. And so the best I can do is figure out some fences and go, I'm I'm causing myself to sin. I'm bringing others with me. I've got to get out of this, right? And that's a humble attempt to follow Christ after you've screwed up, which everybody has. Everybody has made monumental screw-ups in, in, in respect to God's character. And the continuing assertion that you get to go back to where you came from is, is nothing more than a power play of your own kingdom. That, that, is, that is all it is. Because if it was God's kingdom, you would go, obviously, I'm not suited here. Yes, I'm forgiven. Yes, I'm a child of God. But this is not the place for me. There's pragmatic approaches to the things in your life that you've done and the sin that, that tends to grab you. And putting himself in this position shows no fealty to King Jesus at all. Yeah, so like here's, here's an example of a guy where like, I, I'm okay with you writing a book. Like if in humility you, you would say this, this is the situation. This is how I found my, what I found myself in or what I pursued. Um, here's what it's like to return from that level of sin in this public of a way. Um, and to and to to, to re grasp at the ankle of Jesus and start trying to follow the path. I okay, yeah. I, me, I I think you can serve the kingdom in that way. Yeah. Tell me tell me that you've started a, a a men's prison ministry. Tell me that's what you're doing, right? Tell me that you're nowhere near women or or children or whatever. Tell me that you are are from now on you're the men's pastor at Penn State Prison, and that's what you do. And I go, I get it, I get it. Maybe maybe here's the deal: is they're not looking at him as a pastor. He has the title, but it's really a CEO. They're looking for a large church setting, and and we have destroyed the pastorate through large churches. Partly because there, it's different criteria. You need it's a different gift set. Gift set, right? Um, You're willing to accept um, flaws in the biblical character of being a pastor because it comes. Someone may come with the skills of running a large organization. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, actually, I didn't think of that. Is the fact that I'm I'm pinning this man and going, "What's wrong with you?" and missing the rest of God's church that's hiring him. <laughs> right. That goes, "Hey, maybe this is not the best idea for you. Lock up your keys. Lock up your wives. This dude is now the pastor. This is the not. This is a mistake." Yeah. The, here's the thing. The church is yes. The church is led by led by sinners saved by grace. We we acknowledge this. This is like this is not the question. Um. 
However, if the very one temptation for you and the destruction of either the faith, communal relationships, or community of a church is the thing that is tied directly to your behavior, your sin that has been saved by grace uh, disqualifies you from leading people in that way. There's a million other ways to do it. There's a million other ways to faithfully follow Christ. There have have been people who have done some absolutely terrible things in this world who can faithfully follow Christ and walk in his grace and forgiveness, but they're not pastoring churches. That's correct, right? And and, and what's the only reason that people like that don't want to do it? It's because they don't want to be the sheep-in, sheep-out guy. They want to be the dude in front. They want to be the guy that says or the guy that brings. And there are faithful people that love Jesus Christ that are dinging your groceries and sacking them up and sending you out the door with a smile. And that's what they do their whole life. And, and that's fine. It's God-honoring, and it's great. And they don't need the spotlight of what it is that you're trying to do. And it just it sounds so much that, that, it, that it's, a, it's a— It sounds like a people thing. Yes. Yeah. Heck, you want to mentor—here's the deal. You want to mentor a dude. You want to mentor pastors mm-hmm. and say, I can teach you, like, this is where my skill sets were at. Uh, you want to be a consultant? I don't care. Pl- mm-hmm. I mean, plenty of viable ways to use gifts that God has given you, even in light of your failure, but not this. Yep. Not this. Not your face— not your sermons, uh, not, not your name on the billboard. No. He says, uh, some people think that I should just shut up and crawl in a cave. Uh, that's, a, that's a straw man. That's not what we're saying. And never come out because I'm not qualified to be leading spiritually in any way because of everything that I went through and everything that I did. Again, it's a much more nuanced discussion than that. Other people champion it because they go, it's about time that churches are led by people who know what it feels like to, you know, fall on their face and be in the gutter. Yeah, that's the spiritual qualifications we're after. <laughs> Unlike all those other perfect pastors. <laughs> what yeah. the heck? Uh, I, although, I mean, I never heard Paul quite put it that way. When he's talking about people who are leading the church, the qualities of, of a pastor, he's like, you know, find the guys who have fell on their face and in the gutter, uh, specifically in, in the midst of harming their community and degrading their relationship. Let them be the husband of three or four wives. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is we're it, 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 is one, some of the most the reason that 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 is ever championed even without talking in a pastoral role is so people can 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 see more of the breadth of of the breadth and the depth and the width of God's grace because you can see that in its enti- not in its entirety but a way bigger scope from the gutter, right? But if you're actually designing the gutter and you put a bed there, <laughs> then, yeah, you're not looking at God's grace at all. You're just looking at the gutter and saying, how can I make this gutter better? I know. I'll work somewhere else. That's, that's not what that's designed to do. He says uh, in his message from Sunday, he argued that real Christianity is much more scandalous than most of us realize. I agree with that, actually. I want to focus your attention this morning on Mark 10. I'm going to read verses 17 to 22, and then also, I don't care about this, uh, something about their series of blah, blah, blah. I don't care. That's, uh, in fact, uh, he's talking about Jesus. His very existence confronted and contradicted the religious establishment of his day. By, but, not, but not the establishment of Yahweh's character and word of his day, you doofus. Yeah, and the thing that, they, that, that he was, what we have now as Christianity is what he was trying to promote against the religious leaders of the day, right? He was trying to promote a grace-filled, uh, he is the temple existence. And those were the things that Jesus was rallying against and the things he left for us. And now what he is saying is, is because Jesus was anti-whatever, the establishment of the day, we should be anti-establishment of our day. But unfortunately, what's been established for us through Jesus and the apostles was what we have now, <laughs> right? uh, the right. way that we're trying to run. <laughs> right, right. He, like, we, are not, we are not Second Temple Judaism Correct. here. And he's, 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 actually, that's a really good point because that thought process shows up in a lot of, a lot of um, uh, pseudo-Christian leader um, discussion is – uh, look how Jesus stood up against the authority of his day. But th- this, that's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. 
Um, I think you can find niche discussions of where that makes sense. But like um, we're t- we're talking about what what Paul's talking about law and grace. Uh, we're in the grace portion, and so like if you're conf- if you're accusing the grace of not being gracious enough or not being liberal enough for your particular way of life, uh, then yes, flat out Jesus would disagree with you. Yes, he seems to think it was sufficient. Yeah, what he was fighting for is what he gave us, and that's what we're trying to follow. Yeah. And you say that's not enough. <laughs> He said, uh, near the end of his message, he veered into his own scandal, and he said the following. I've been very open, upfront, and honest, painfully and uncomfortably transparent about my life, completely coming off the rails in 2015. Uh, you didn't have a choice, because uh, they figured, like, you didn't do that beforehand. You did that after people found it. So, again, I, I, you can't take credit for that. And I still deal, and I don't think it will ever fully go away. It's probably a gift to me, honestly, because it keeps me dependent on God. It makes me realize afresh that his grace is undeserved. He said, noting he was still struggling to get over it. I still deal with a level of guilt and shame and regret for how I hurt my family and how I hurt my friends and how I let people down back in 2015. I screwed up and people got hurt because of me. And because of that, I still deal with, he said, tearing up and voice slightly cracking. It's like it happened yesterday when I think about the moment I sat my three children down in my living room to tell them what I had done and the look of their face and the words that came out of their mouth. I will never, ever forget. In my relationship with my kids, it has always been unbelievable, but I will never forget the ways in which I hurt them specifically, the ways in which I let other people down and hurt other people. The way that I betrayed my first wife and all those things. Okay. He noted, however, that because Jesus succeeded for me, I am free to fail without fearing that God will leave me or forsake me. God's love for me, God's acceptance of me, God's approval of me has nothing to do with me and has everything to do with what God in Christ has done on my behalf. I mean, again, uh, none of these... We're, that we're not talking. That's the thing. Is like all those things are true for everybody's life. It does not. That's not the same discussion as whether you should be leading people or not. Mm-hmm. It's the position of power that did cause you the problem. Yeah. Yes. Uh, similarly, James McDonald hints a return to ministry to followers. Um, okay. Um, former Harvest Bible Chapel pastor James McDonald is signaling that he may soon be back in ministry. The longtime pastor of the Chicago area megachurch, who was ousted earlier this year after derogatory comments he made were played on the air of a local radio program, and following months of controversy over alleged financial malfeasance and an abusive church culture, posted a message Thursday in a Facebook group called Walk in the Word Partners, according to independent journalist and radio broadcaster Julie Royce. A member of the closed group sent the message to Royce, who shared it on her website Thursday, including screenshots. In the message he posted, McDonald noted that this year he and his family have experienced great loss, but that God was in control and the truth will come to light in his time. We have prayed to practice our biblical teaching on love, and God has surely allowed us to be stretched. There is much we could say, as, uh, as so much is not at all what has been portrayed. But we look to the Lord for forgiveness where I did fail as a leader and for vindication of false statements that will not cover forever what others have done. He said, uh, our broadcast partners are our family now, and we will be back soon with fresh messages from God's word, all free, all digital, all the time, as promised. McDonald added that his children have found other places of ministry and that he and his wife Kathy are in good health. He also recounted that he met a man at a gas station in Wyoming who approached him to tell him to get back to preaching. Great days of triumph and victory always follow days of testing. We look forward to sharing with you in brand new ways all the Lord has been teaching us and what his calling is for us, he said. As the Christian Post reported previously, Roy's extensive investigation of the events at the church beginning in December with a World Magazine report called Hard Times at Harvest is what eventually led to McDonald being terminated from the church he founded over 30 years ago. Prior to publication last year, Roy's was sued by the church, as were two bloggers who since 2002 have been voicing their criticisms of McDonald documenting issues related to HBC on a site called Elephant's Debt. The bloggers' wives were also named in the lawsuit. Um, so just hold on real quick. I will tell you, because this didn't go into the detail that I expect. I thought maybe this would... Um, 
Um, well, he's not really doing a church. He's just doing a digital thing. Yeah, that's not quite the same thing. Unsafe remarks on health. Yeah, I, this is not very helpful. I thought this had, had uh, audio. T- hold on. First report. McDonald can be heard in the audio saying that Royce was off the rails and that in 30 days she was going to be riding a tricycle with a midget on her shoulders. That's it? That was the derogatory thing he said? Yeah. I don't even understand how that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I remember I'd read a bunch about it. Like, the accusations against him included, like, um, like he, he, he may have tried to have somebody killed. Multiple people. Like someone dating his daughter or something. Yeah. And I he mean, had, that's a little over the top. And he had, like, a group of dudes around him who were, like, his bodyguards. And he, like, spent tons and tons of the church's money on his own crap. Houses and vacations and all kinds of stuff. Um, and like he was hundreds of thousands. Of dollars, yeah. Like, yeah, it was yeah. outrageous. And, like, that he was um, extremely authoritarian. Um, just not a, not a wise or a good leader. You know, I'm not... I, I, I listen to a lot of digital content, obviously, like, through podcasts and whatever. And I don't know... That I find that inherently uh, mistrusting, but like when you don't have the accountability to be a pastor of actual people, right? And you basically just get to say what you want and throw it out into the sphere, and that just that, that doesn't seem like you're doing anything. I, I mean, I could be wrong there, but like look at all the people that Paul wrote to; he knew them, right? And by the way, I'm going to come up back over there if you guys keep doing this. Or remember when I baptized you guys, or you know that kind of stuff. And like being able to just blurt out God's word and not see its effect or help grow. I mean, you could sell it as like I, so we just cast the seeds and this does the water, and I don't have to pay attention because someone else is going to water. And like I don't know, that doesn't feel like the structure that God set up at all. That's part of the whole superstar mentality that I don't need a church as long as I can just get the digital thing out there. I'm already a national name brand. I mean, is that what kind of what you're saying? Yeah. 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 It could be musicians. Of. It could be preachers. I mean, it's, it's some of the circuit Bible teachers that do the video series and so forth. And the, those conferences, they became, become these big heroes to us. And yeah, I, you know, it seems like if you're doing that, if you're producing that stuff, as well as being a pastor of actual people, I, I I find that okay. It's not as big of a deal to me. But like, if your only gig is to put out digital content mm-hmm. and not be responsible for any of it, I don't know. That just doesn't seem as right to me. You know, that just I, I don't know. And I could be wrong. That's just a changing of the times. Maybe I just don't like the traditional church model not being followed. I don't know. You know, but it seems odd to me. Yeah. The question mm-hmm. is, is like, how do you liken that to say um, a traveling evangelist, of which um, like Paul falls out and seems to have no problem with. It's, right. it's, it's, it's one of the gifts to the church in keeping it unified. People travel around and preach. And so I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think our technology kind of blurs that a bit. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. like, that guy doesn't have any accountability. I used to have a really strong aversion to that, by the way. Like, I, like my, my initial reaction was, like, has no, you have no connection. You have no ability to otherwise establish community. You're coming in. You're putting on a show, and you're leaving. Um, th- I think there's probably a, a hundred, if not a thousand, ways to do it wrong. Um, but that, that doesn't mean there's not a way to do it right for people who uh, whose gig is to travel around and otherwise share good news with other people in unique ways um, that, that God has gifted them. I, I think it's a good thing for the church. And the same thing with how we think about modern-day prophecies, same thing how we think about um, just some of the other things, gifts that, that God gave the church. Um, just because it has been done wrong does not mean there's not a um, Okay. All right. So those are those are our first two examples, right? Okay. All right. Now, 
Uh, now this is um, th- this was posted. There was another um, uh, release. A guy from Hillsong, uh, one of the the worship uh, guy who was involved with worship um, at, at Hillsong, had been part of the album, some of the albums and stuff, and some of the songwriting. Basically, came out and said, "I'm leaving. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving Christianity." Uh, and this fell, followed fast on the heels of that Josh Harris saying, "Hey, I'm out too." Um, and so uh, this was there was a post on Facebook from John Cooper from Skillet that got a lot of action. So I'll read uh, kind of some some. Uh, major parts of it. it says okay I'm saying it because it's too important not to what is happening in Christianity more and more of our outspoken leaders or influencers who were once faces of the faith are falling away and at the same time they're being very vocal and bold about it shockingly they still want to influence others for what purpose as they announce that they are leaving the faith I'll state my conclusion then I'll state some rebuttals to statements I've read by some of them firstly I never judge people outside of my faith even if they hate religion or Christianity that is not my place and I have many friends who disagree with my religion and that is 100% fine with me However, when it comes to people within my faith, there must be a measure of loyalty, and friendship, and accountability to each other and the Word of God. My conclusion for the church, all of us Christians, we must stop making worship leaders and thought leaders or influencers or cool people or relevant people the most influential people in Christendom. And yes, that includes people like me. Um, we are in a dangerous place when the church is looking to 20-year-old worship singers as our source of truth. We now have a church culture that learns who God is from singing modern praise songs rather than from teachings of the Word not being rude to my worship leader friends and saying that singers and musicians are good at communicating emotion and feeling. We create a moment and a vehicle for God to speak. However, singers are not always the best people to write solid Bible truth and doctrine. Sometimes we are too young, too ignorant of Scripture, too unaware, or too unconcerned about the purity of Scripture and the holiness of the God we are singing to. Frankly, I'd call that across the board. Let's even not just singing, right? Like, just how people are interacting with the Word at all. Like, um, it's all right to season up a bit. Um, okay, so I don't know. Initially, uh, agree, disagree with his conclusion. Uh, yeah, agree. I agree. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get, applaud it. Yeah, like we've had. Um, I, I think at its at its core, and this kind of we see that in some of the, in some of the articles we just talked about, right? Um, is that influence is is kind of garnered or governed by your ability to make yourself known, which means, hey, I show up on a bunch of worship albums. Uh, songs are more prevalent than individual sermons, individual pastors, um, and some of those the bigger dudes, right, have the have the the clout or the money to put themselves on on radio waves and uh, podcasts and YouTube and uh, production videos or whatever. And so, by the very presence, it feels like they should have the influence, and they get it simply because they're there. I mean, can we can we say with honesty though that like the ability to make yourself known has never been so accessible? That's right. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I think that's true. Okay. All right. Um, Booba, Booba, yeah. You agree with that? Okay. Uh, a few specific thoughts and rebuttals to statements. So, like, there's certain people who are disavowing the church, um, and it, that he was trying to respond to some of the things that they've been saying. Um, he says, first of all, that I'm stunned that the seemingly most important thing for these leaders who have lost their faith is to make such a bold new stance. Um, people who have been in the faith for, you know, 20 years and led generations of people with my teachings, and now I no longer believe it. Therefore, I'm going to boldly and loudly tell people it was all wrong while I boldly and loudly lead people into my next truth. He says, I'm perplexed. Why aren't they embarrassed, humbled, ashamed, fearful, confused? Why be so eager to continue leading people when you clearly don't know where you are headed? <laughs> uh, so I, it's, I, that is, it goes back to, that goes back to that Tulian conversation, right? Like, um, where you were wrong, what, what causes someone to say, in recognition of me being wrong, I shall be so bold again and so quickly? Like, at the very least, I, 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 so I was thinking about this, and there is some relevancy to if, let's say, someone um, – let, let's put the shoe on a different foot. Someone was in Scientology, okay, and they followed the Church of Scientology for 10 years, 
And then they figured out, they said, look, you know what? This is not right. This is a fraud. And they left and then immediately started saying, hey, man, look, I, I need everybody who's following Scientology to know, look, I figured this out. It's not right. We got to get out of this thing. Would you support that? Yeah. Being honest. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. We'd, we'd, we probably would, right? We'd, we'd applaud. Be- yeah. Because we said it's true. Finally, they get it. That's right. So now, someone, the same people doing the same thing with Christianity, our reaction, just like John's here, would be like, hey, man, how can you be so bold as to drag people away when you obviously you know, misled them for 10 years? But I, I would kind of expect people to do that. If they, if they went through a process and said, look, I, I, this is a lie. I don't believe this anymore. Or actually, let's make the distinction. There's a distinction between this is a lie and I know it and I can tell you uh, because I can prove it. Or I just don't think I believe this anymore. That's the difference. Yeah, that needs to be the difference there. Because wasn't that Paul? Like, wasn't that pretty much exactly what he did? Like, went from, hey, I'm on my way to Damascus to, uh, to imprison the followers of the way. To yes. To meeting, uh, meeting, was it Ananias? Oh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, and then, and then yep. three days later, gets his sight back, and then goes, "Hey, well, that's where he, he got it back the, from Ananias." Yeah, yeah, or, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. He met Jesus. He, yeah, met, yeah. he met Jesus, and 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 now I have the truth and can prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's the thing, right? Like, so when uh, I, w- w- if we believe meeting Jesus changes everything, and so like you should flip from A to B, and it makes sense to do so. Um, when someone bails on Christianity, um, I don't know that I that I find it un- like crazy for them to say, "Look, this was all wrong, and this misled me." However. Most of these situations aren't like that. There are people who are like like soft fade away right. and go, "Hey, I'm just, I'm not sure." Yeah, they move I'm, I'm to redefining my relationship with God, uh, not from the conventional wisdom that I've heard from the church, but kind of in my own uh, odyssey of understanding. Yeah, and so it's if like, what? if your actual faith at this point is is very very nebulous, then yeah, why would you want to lead people into your right. nebulosity? I'm not sure where I'm going, but I'm no, I'm not staying where I'm at. Yeah, it's like I'd like you to go with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come with me to being in a place where I don't know where we're going. So actually, once again, I, I feel like this is some of this is actually just just a social media problem, right? Like it yeah. goes it goes back to those passive aggressive memes that people post, right? Yeah, they post like this passive aggressive meme, and everybody that reads it goes, "Is this about me? Hey, <laughs> is this about me? Am I the gentleman in the meme? right?" So like, e- even if I was just to make an, a, a statement, like. I, I don't know. Like it, it, it's just the way that things are 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 broadcast and taken in is a passive aggressive meme about one person. You some guy will post, even though it's only about one guy, they'll post it to everybody, and yeah. then four hundred people are like, "Are you talking about me? What's going on?" <laughs> you know. And so, like the intention, you know, I- even if you say, "Hey, listen, I'm, I'm I just feel like I'm I'm backing out of this thing," and and just for you posting, it seems like you're trying to fish everybody else out of it and take them with you merely because you said something. Now. Being a public figure like they are, uh, I suppose that that means you have a wider audience, and everything you post is saying, hey, everyone listen to me, right? That's what Facebook is. I said a thing. I want everyone to listen to it. And so no matter what you post, you're trying to fish everybody to believe what you're believing at the time. Yeah. And so it's just it's just the, the way that social media works, and it just... Now, I'm not saying that they're doing this right or doing this wrong. It's just saying that no matter how they announce it, if it's on social media, it's, it's going to be taken poorly. It's mm-hmm. just going to be taken in poorly. Yeah, and and I think uh, it goes back to the earlier point uh, Dan was making about kind of pastors' expectations and church sizes. Uh, maybe that this type of platform from the church is not even a. Maybe we've we've created a, um, a an inability for people to actually function in these type of roles, right? Like it sets an expectation that can't be done. Uh, young people with certain type of talent, or even old people with certain type of talent, um, who who just are not capable of handling influence of 
40,000 people who listen to everything they say or a million people that listen to the things that they say, like, maybe you shouldn't speak. And I think that, that if there's a wisdom in the church, it's that. Like, if, if you're not in the position, like, if you can't handle the level of, of influence that you have, give it up. It's fine to give it up. It's not, you didn't, the kingdom didn't lose because you gave up influence that you were going to misuse. Mm-hmm. It was false. You didn't lose anything. The kingdom didn't lose anything because we didn't have it because somebody was, the influence you had was going to be misused. It's not a risk. So give it up. If you cannot handle it, just give it up. He said, uh, second thought. Why do people act like being real covers a multitude of sins? Uh, so this is referring to a lot of people who leave it say, look, I just, I finally need to get to, the, to tell the truth. We, we kind of got that same vibe. Remember that Dave Gass, uh, the ex-evangelical guy who was the pastor who didn't, didn't bother to mention that he was actually cheating on his wife yeah. right. uh, at the time? <laughs> he just said, oh, I, I don't believe in Jesus anymore. Not that I, I actually handle myself terribly. Um, so, but people act like being real covers a multitude of sins, as if someone is courageous simply for sharing virally every thought of dark place. That's not courageous. It's cavalier. Have they considered the ramifications? As if they are the harbingers of truth, saying, I used to think one way and practice and preach it, but now I've learned all the new truth, and will start practicing and preaching it. So the influencers become the voice for truth in whatever stage of life and whatever evolution takes place in their thinking. I, I, that's the statement that I really liked is that's not courageous, it's cavalier. Mm-hmm. Like that's the big thing is to, is, to, is to be truth. Here's the honest thing about me. Here's the thing I did. doesn't matter what dark thing happened or whatever you did as long as you're being honest about it. And like I, I got to be honest, I, I kind of feel that way some of the time. Like I'm like, look, I, I, I tell my kids that, right? I don't care what you did. Just tell me the truth about it so we can, so we can deal with it, right? But like if, you're on, if, if, if all you do <laughs> is proclaim all the bad stuff you all done, right, to everybody, to everybody that could ever hear it, Everybody needs to know how how self-deprecating I am. Everybody needs to know how humble I am. Everybody needs all this. You've missed humility in it, right? right? You've missed it for the glorification of your crappiness, right? You're like, hey, you guys can all relate to me because we're all crappy. Okay, well, here's the thing, friend, is that doesn't help anybody do anything but make you feel like you're in a group of crappy people, right? You're not encouraging them out of it. You're not explaining... Like like all the all the ways that this thing can turn around, or like how God grabbed you and pointed you to a new thing. If you never moved off the old thing, doesn't matter where God pointed you. You didn't go. Right. You stayed there. Confession without repentance is not is not the the right way to do this. Just just naturally saying something that's truthful doesn't mean correct. You have to exactly like you said. You have to turn away and you have to walk. You run. Do that one eighty and run. Find yourself repenting of that of that behavior or that sin or whatever it is, and then find yourself getting back to the will of God rather than just saying, "Man, I sucked at that." Well, see ya. The thing yeah, is, is nailed like, it. and Christianity's <laughs> always been this, right? And Jesus was this. Like, like it, it's it, there's there's words and actions, and they have to couple themselves. And the actions, frankly, always speak louder than the words. And 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 social media posts and influencers, they're all words. That's all they are. Right and or, or they're photo ops of the action that you did. <laughs> you know, hey, catch me doing this so I can tell other people about it. And like it, it's, it, I don't know. You know, that's what that's what hurts me when it comes to these kind of stories of somebody um, leaving the faith or moving away from the faith or redefining their faith or something like that. We find out it's something like there's a lot of unrepentant sin, you know, unconfessed sin in their life, and it's just like you look at it. At least I look at it two ways. Like you either have you have two options. You either Repent of that sin, you confess it, you walk away, and you do the hard thing that is confession, and you do the hard thing that is repentance, and you do the hard thing that is moving away from that thing, and then you find yourself in the joy and peace of the fact that Christ does not call you to shackles. It's an amazing feeling. Or you decide, well, I'm just going to walk away from my faith because the conviction of being called out from my sin by the Holy Spirit in my life, 
I can't do that hard thing. So I'm just going to redefine my faith because I really don't like what, sitting, sitting here with my heart hurting. And I don't like sitting here in my own muck and then, and then running to Jesus about it. And you're missing the, you're missing the redemptive opportunity and the redemptive properties that is the relationship with Christ. Like that, that opportunity for you to get out of the muck and out of the mire. And the Holy Spirit calls you for your good. You aren't convicted because you're supposed to feel guilty. You're convicted because you're sitting in your own shackles and there's work to be done for the kingdom. Stop running away from it. Man up. Own up. Confess. Repent. Get right with God and get back on the path because there's work to be done. There's harvest to be done. And I mean, tell tell me that that doesn't apply as when when he's talking about you doing good works and saying, "Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing." Right? Can can, can confession not in that same thought process fall into the same category? I, I confess to like three dudes. Right? And I, frankly, you guys make up those three dudes. So I, there's, not, there's not really much say, of. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been telling everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. I thought this you just awkward. let us go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't announce to the world, hey, guess all this stuff I'm struggling with. Right. Guess what I screwed up? Know me, everybody. I, that, that's a self glorification thing, even at your worst. Right, exactly. You know me at my worst, but you're still saying, know me. Yeah, <laughs> look, look how courageous I am for telling you what I did wrong. Correct. Right. Well, it's, it's, I was reading this today. I was reading Psalm 34 today, and like even it's it's th- this this disconnect between um, thoughts and words and actions is not a biblical concept. It just isn't. Like even even Psalm 34, David says, "Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord." And you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm supposed to fear the Lord." And so what do we do? I think in my mind, I am afraid of the Lord, <laughs> right? <laughs> like or like or I will be respectful and bow my head and take off my hat when the Lord's name is said, so that I will show that I fear. But uh, th- that isn't how David doesn't go. Think it real hard. Feel it in your gut. He says, "What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good?" This is how you. This is how you. What the fear of the Lord is. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. David seems to think that the fear of the Lord means you stop saying evil things. <laughs> you you seek peace and pursue yeah. it. He seems to think that like it is a, it is a thought process that get expressed in the only way that you are capable of expressing things because you are a physical human, which means you're going to do it with your fingers and your mouth and your and your elbows and your feet. And so like this thought to say, I am brave because I said the thing, but then never did anything in reaction to it. And, and that's, that's even disregarding the point that like your level of influence and in pointing people in some sort of religious relationship should not be subject to the, like, the, the ups and downs of your temporal reality. Right? Like, just because you felt something doesn't mean it's valid. And here's the thing is that, like, there's a reason I don't, I don't speak stuff out loud uh, right as I feel it. I give it some time. I think through it. I'll pray through it. I'll talk through it with people. And then maybe I feel differently six hours later. And then what good would I have done to go out and say, you, uh, you know what? My relationship with my wife is really terrible. She's a real beast. Wow. And then, I've, then I, I spend time talking to Mike. Or I, I pray on the thing, and I read the script. This happened to me. Uh, I did not call my wife a beast. But, like, <laughs> but like we, we had got in uh, just, like, minor uh, gifts, most, like, for a good portion of a day. And I was getting ready. I was, I was studying for um, a son to, to teach something on Sunday. And I'm, I'm, not like, I'm an hour and a half into looking at this. I'm like, I've handled this poorly. Scripture is rightly pointing out to me that I've not handled my relationship with my wife well today. And so I had to reach out to my wife and say, hey. This was my reaction was totally unjustified. Uh, we probably still have something to talk about. Like whatever we were talking about seems like two people that disagree on something, and there's probably something there, and so we should keep working on it. But like my reaction was totally not justified, and uh, and I apologize for. It. 
Because Scripture doesn't just say, hey, it should come to your mind that you treated your wife in a way that you probably shouldn't. It should otherwise cause you to say, hey, I'm going to change that. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to turn from my behavior and seek to do better. Because, because mm-hmm. our, what we believe is a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a fake thing in your mind. It, it requires me to, to hear it, to think it, to know it, and then to do something with it. And so, like, and it's that, that it's, it's, it's the aversion. It's just crazy aversion. I blame the Reformation. God bless him for some of the good things that came out of it. But, like, this aversion of, of faith and works got, got so driven hard that people are so afraid to say, look, you actually have to do something. It means your life changes. It means something differs from what you do. Um, and, like, and this, and so going back to the kind of the core point he was making, which is, uh, hey, it's not brave just to go out and say, I'm thinking something a little bit differently right now. Really? Like if you would have said, here's all the things that I believe, here's all the actions I took because of my belief, I did all of these things, and now my physical reaction has changed. I'm doing something differently. I'll listen to that conversation. But like right now, I just feel like the church isn't doing X, Y, or Z, or I'm not feeling the spirit or some other business. Like I'm out. I'm out. That's not, you're not talking about real things to me. Uh, and that just made me think of, of uh, you know, the verse in John 14. It's the whoever is my commandments and keeps them. He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will, be, uh, I will love him, manifest myself to him. What I think about that is the concept that, like, it's the same thing as that statement in, in the psalm is, like, you can say you love God all you want. You can, you can say, you know, I love you, Father, all these different things. But, like, God seems to, and Jesus calls out the fact that you love him, you'll keep his commandments. The obedience in what he calls out is good is showing him you love him. You can't just say the words and then expect that to mean something. You need to back it up with what you're saying, especially when it comes to love and especially when it comes to to the wisdom that you can have through Christ. Like those things come with actionable items and and proof through that action. And so maybe going back to the other two articles then, is that like, hey, just because you went through this and just because it was real and you went through a sinful time in your life and the the love and grace of God is, uh, is still available to you, I mean, I don't know that that means that like that has to be exposed to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like that, that hey, you gotta you gotta bleed on a page and sell it for eight hundred bucks at an art fair. Like, there's just nothing that says, hey, every reality needs to be put in a position of power. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just that that isn't the thing. You, uh, to Mike's point, like to the extent that you suffer with certain proclivities, if they're of the sexual nature, if they're of the violent nature, if they're of the drug nature, like whatever it is, if the Lord has rescued from that, great, you are in a perfect position to go help people struggling with the same problem in in some kind of confined area of which you do not otherwise expose yourself to that same risk self-imposed you should put yourself there yes i want it yeah that's what i want this is where i can serve this is what i can do this will keep me out of trouble this is how i can follow jesus this is what i'm going to do and pray on it and have the lord back it up and go yes i will start a men's prison ministry because this is what i am capable of doing without causing trouble i was going to say i would caution and make sure that's the most important piece at the end there is ask the god yeah ask the god of the universe on this whole thing and like just just because something is wrong, I wouldn't I wouldn't just make a ministry. Well, of it. okay, like, so so because ask a question because ask either one of those fellows and what they'll say is the spirit is leading me back into ministry. Right. Okay. Is there any way that the spirit would do that? No, not in those examples. Yeah, I don't, because I don't, they're kind of here's the deal: God's character is consistent. Scripture would otherwise. Um, I, I I believe that scripture would otherwise say that those fellows are not qualified to continue. Mm-hmm. And Can like, they become qualified? No. There's no possibility of redemption back to a qualification? They are, they are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus for no, no, forever no, I mean work for in his kingdom. Specific... Not that. I, there, Paul makes no distinction. He makes no qualification that says once you're disqualified from that. I don't see it, Dan. 
I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I'll it's really it. harsh and, and unpopular, but I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. And I, here's the deal: I have no lick a problem with that at all. I have no reason to have a problem with that. Because it, it, what about God's character caused me to go? You're being too harsh on this, Lord. Well, and here's the truth of the matter: is is because if you're viewing sin correctly, you should have died for that. The punishment for the sin is the death, right? And you're saying you're just saying not you're not saying thank you for not killing me. You're saying put me back to where I came from. I deserve that. No, what you deserve was the death, and what you got was the grace, and what you got is a still invitation to a kingdom. But what you also got is not the ability to lead people down the same path you were running. You got the grace. You got the best gift that's ever possible. And what you're saying is, it's not good enough. I want back what I had. Well, you threw away what you had. And I can't logically let you do it. You're going to drag other people down with you. You've shown no repentance at all. God's character does not seem, it's, it's, it supports a small uh, view of grace. When you say, hey, can they not qualify themselves back up to ministry? No. Well, that sucks. No. They're alive. They have grace. They're still in the kingdom. God still loves them. God still says, it's available for you to accept my grace. He didn't kick you out of paradise. And you say, that's not enough. Give me my pulpit back so people can worship me. That's what they're saying. Go with that, Booba? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. What about it? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to uh, be able to speak on anything from there. I'm, it, I just got to think about some stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. So I'm not going to try and make a fool of myself and try. Okay. So. See, when the shepherd has been rolling around with the wolves... And getting all bloodied up and, and messed up, it, it affects the sheep. I, I, but they're not telling us in the story of these, these pastors who uh, had sexual relations and adultery you know, relations and then kicked out of churches. I wonder how many divorces happened in the next two years at those churches. I wonder how many affairs happened in the next two years uh, because a guy said, well, hey, Joe did it. Um, I mean, they may not consciously say that, but they ha- I've never yeah. seen it not happen. Right, I've never seen it not happen. Yeah, it's forgivable. Of sin that are real consequences here. Yeah, and he uh, didn't even lose anything. Grace, there are consequences. Yeah, so yeah. No yeah. About that. yeah, and I, w- I would say I suppose two things that are rolling around in my mind at the moment is that like, um, do I think uh, like again is God is God well aware that He's got fallible people in the pastorate? Mm-hmm. Of course, sure, of course. Um, do I believe that people can come from a, a non um, Jesus following lifestyle? Turn from that and become pastors and are qualified to do so even for all the things that happened in the past. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It is, it is specifically talking about people who have taken on that calling of God um, and, then, and then jacked it. That's where, I, that's, that's where I, I, I just don't see their path. I mean, it's not up to me, certainly. But, I mean, if, if someone were asked my biblical counsel on the matter, I just... I, well, I, and I think that's where the, that's where the caution gets, gets iffy, right? Is because... The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And when people say, the Holy Spirit's leading me back to this, who are you to say no? Where you look like the, the, the Bible stodgy man, and you don't have anything actually to point it to? You have some. I mean, you could make a great case for it. So that, that's where I actually, we, I was talking about this this week, um, in, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, right? He's talking, and Paul's talking about, um, they're not, don't think of his offices of the church, but he's talking about, Gifts that were given to the church in, as, as far as like roles and responsibilities of certain people to otherwise help maintain the unity of the church. And it's, pa- it's preachers and teachers uh, or shepherds and uh, evangelists and prophets. And um, one of the things, like, th- so that's, it's that very thing. Like, the Spirit is telling me to do X, Y, Z. And we've gotten so worried about or concerned about people who say the Spirit told me to do this because we see things like this and we're like, how, how in the heck? Or like, or the book by uh, Jesus Calling, right? Like, like someone says, oh, like God told me this. And like, there's things that aren't other, we, we otherwise would look at and say, hey, this is a new revelation. 
when otherwise we, we, we thought we had a scripture that everyone kind of agreed this is the thing we're supposed to use. And now, like, new scripture is being written somewhere else, and we have to buy the book to be able to take it in. And so the thing is, the, the, the question isn't whether God still sends messages through people. I feel like the, that gift of prophecy, like, does God still interact with people? I think he does. I think he answers prayer, uh, either on someone's behalf or someone else's behalf. I, I have no reason to believe that that is not continually continuing to happen. However, um, how do I know that it is consistent with the character of God? Well, I have a pretty, a pretty solid biography on the character of God. The question is, is like, why would God reveal his character in this way uh, and then otherwise tell somebody else something completely different and leave them on their own? Scripture has been a pretty unified story up to this point. Why would this guy's life be the thing that disunifies everything? And so that, that's, he has given us the ability to otherwise measure it against what is God saying through other people and through Scripture. So um, I, th- th- I suppose that's the question, right? Like, I don't think you have to throw out everything and say, um, the Spirit doesn't speak. That's goofy. Um, but does the Spirit speak counter to the character of God? No. Well, and, and once again, like if we're preparing, if, if we're comparing apples to apples, what we're saying is, is that like, um, yes, you can still evangelize. Yes, you can still uh, lead people to know this grace that you found. You just can't do it where you're a predator, right? Where you have a, a known, you have a known proclivity to sin in this way. If and this, and this situation, you can't do this at the men's prison. You just can't, right? Your your proclivity to 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 have affairs with women ain't going to happen at the dude's prison. But that's not what you want. Right, you want to be able to be put back back at this position of power and the ability to do this again if you choose to, where where Paul puts himself in the shackles on purpose and says, "Hey, I'm I'm cloaked to a guy. Let's talk to him." <laughs> right, and but that's not what you're asking. You're not saying, "God, what you want?" You're saying, "Here's what I want." And only a sinful guy who intends to sin again puts himself back in a bar if he's an alcoholic. He knows better. He knows he's not supposed to be in there, and yet he goes because he knows he's going to drink when he gets in there. He doesn't think I can pull this off. This will be fine. He's, he's lying to himself, and he goes in anyway. The guy that knows he's an alcoholic, don't go in bars. The guy that, has, that cheats with parishioners, don't lead parishioners, or at least gets himself an all-dude following <laughs> or something, <laughs> right? You can still talk about the grace of Jesus Christ without that platform that you used to have. You can talk about it on any platform. And you're demanding your old one. That's where it seems disingenuous. He says, and lastly, most shocking in my opinion, as these influencers disavow their faith, they always end their statements with their new insight. Oh, wait, oh, sorry, he said, thirdly, there's a common thread running through these leader influencers that basically says no one else is talking about the real stuff. Says this is actually that, that also consistently true. Hey, I'm tired of the church not talking about the real things that people deal with. He says, this is flat, just flatly false. I just read today in a renowned worship leader statement, how could a God of love send people to hell? No one talks about it. As if he is the first person to ask this, Brother, you are not that unique. The church has wrestled with this for 1,500 years. Literally. Everybody talks about it. <laughs> Children talk about it in Sunday school. There's like a billion books written on the topic. Just because you don't get the answer you want doesn't mean that we are unwilling to wrestle with it. We wrestle with Scripture until we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Um, I, I, I think that was super strong. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's, it really is that the church has got a bad rep from people who don't like their answers. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not true that we don't talk about that. I hate to say this, but uh, that's pretty impressive for a musician. Oh yeah, they're not known for theology. They're, nope, they're yeah. known for you know. Oh, he even <laughs> said it himself, emotion. Yeah, and he had he had some solid stuff. Yeah, uh, and then he says, and lastly, most shocking, in my opinion, these influencers disavow their faith. He always in their statements with their new insight, new truth in quotes that is basically a regurgitation of Jesus's words. It's truly bizarre and ironic. They'll say, "I'm disavowing disavowing my faith," but remember, love people, be generous, forgive others. 
Um, why? That is actually not human nature. No child is ever born and says, I just want to love others before loving myself. I want to turn the other cheek. I want to give my money away to others in need. Those are Bible principles taught by a prophet, priest, king of kings who wants us to live by a higher standard, which is not an earthly standard, but rather the kingdom of God standard. Therefore, if Jesus is not the truth and if the word of God is not absolute, then by preaching Jesus' teaching, you are endorsing the words of a madman, a lunatic who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He also said that he was alive before Abraham, and to see him was to see God because he was one with God. So why then would a disavowed Christian leader promote that generosity is good? How would you know what is good without Jesus' teachings? And will your ideas of what is good be different from year to year based on your experience, culture, trends, popular opinion, and furthermore, we continue year by year to lead others into your idea of goodness, even though it is not absolute. Now, here's the thing. Here's where he's left himself open for a little bit of qualm. Is that like, is it possible? Is there any definition of morality? Um, do people maintain definitions of morality outside of Jesus? Yes, the answer is yes. They most certainly do. Um, are there some of those things that are consistent with the teaching of Jesus? Yes, except for the foundation is wrong. The foundation is not true. Um, and so uh, like you could, I think you can find some quibbles in here. But the core point of uh, not whether there is a moral standard, but is it or is it not good, that is the, is the right point, which is without uh, how, do we, how do we find what is or what is not good if people have differing standards of good? Hey, I think you just, people should only marry one person and should only uh, uh, have relations with them. And then some other guy goes, I think it's totally fine to have relations with multiple people, and I think it's good. How do we – who is the arbiter of good? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's correct to say, uh, I believe God is the arbiter of good, and so we submit to his, his notion of good. Um, if we take human notion of what is or is not good, then you'll never actually arrive on a universal understanding of what is good because people think different things. Hmm. Um, so the, the reaction, he says, it's time for the church to rediscover the preeminence of the word and to value the teaching of the word. We need to va- value truth over feeling, truth over emotion. Um, what we are seeing now is a result of the church raising up influencers who do not supremely value truth, who have led a generation who also do not believe in the supremacy of truth. Now the, those disavowed leaders are proudly still leading and influencing boldly away from the truth. Uh, I think that kind of sums up what we've been talking about so far. Um, there, there's just a reality to the things that otherwise um, of who Jesus is, types of life that he calls us to, the understanding of God's supremacy, the, like all those things. And to the extent that you submit to those things in faith, um, whatever the outcome is, at least you're dealing in truth. Um, but if you're going to reject those things, the very notion of you saying, wait, what, I, what God said was actually not true, then you're no longer a pastor of his word anyway. That's mm-hmm. not you. Like, like, you're not even leading a church. You're leading something else. And so um, is, how do we know what's true? Well, we, we, the, the word is true. The word is true. How do I know that, that some, something that somebody gets from the, the Holy Spirit is true? It's consistent. I, it doesn't have to be specifically the same. I feel like, you know, I, the Spirit can intervene and say, I want you to do this specific thing. And as long as it otherwise isn't, hey, I want you to murder this guy, <laughs> then I, it's probably fine. But what I'm saying is, like, I do expect God's character act consistent. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, that, was, that was basically it. So, what, what, Mike, we feel like he properly addresses the other two fellows? Yeah, I think that he does. I, yeah. I, here's here's where I struggle. It's like uh, uh, and I, I'm a one I'm a one trick pony here, right? Like I see people see problems within Christianity, and I just see them exacerbated because of social media. That's it. That's what I see. I see that the problem that always existed and just didn't have the opportunity to talk to fifty thousand people all at once. 
And so, and so, like, it's just a different way to communicate. And, and I, I don't know if this is just notched out in my brain because I use social media, right? But, like, it just seems that people who wanted to go off the deep end didn't, didn't have the opportunity to slap a thousand people with a fly swatter before they did it, right? Mm-hmm. They went off the deep end or they decided to do something different with their lives and their, their core group of people, their close friends, their family, whatever, they knew about it and they dealt with it and they were trying to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I see what you're doing, or we can help, or all this stuff, you know. But instead, people decide I'm doing something, and that is important enough to tell a uh, hundred thousand people, and th- because I'm important, they need to know what I'm knowing. They need to hear what I'm saying, right? And and it's like this innate thing that says I am so important that these updates in my life have to go to everybody. I got to tell everybody everything I'm doing, and it just seems so self-centered. And like like we look at it and we're like, yeah, this is great. We have a community and we're doing all this stuff, and we don't. We just have, we've, we've created a bunch of individual soapboxes. People aren't getting together on social media. They're just trying to stand taller than everybody else. Every time someone else stands tall, they get a taller soapbox, and then they do it. And you're like, what? You're talking at me. You're talking at 100,000 people, not with 100,000 people. Let's say you did find the new truth. Let's say that you left Christianity because you thought Kabbalism or whatever is the new thing, yep. right? You, you, have no, you have no investment in me, in me meeting Kabbalah. <laughs> Right? Or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? You have no investment in that. You just threw out a, a, a statement and said, this is what I'm doing. Like, that should be enough because you're doing it. I should do it. Well, you think pretty highly of yourself, don't you? <laughs> just because you made a decision to go to Taco John's, I got to go to Taco John's. It <laughs> doesn't work that way. You want me to go to Taco John's? Why don't you invite me? Why don't you take me with you? Why don't you talk me into it? Why don't you tell me the great <laughs> things about Taco John's? But no, you're saying simply because I'm going to Taco John's means Taco John's is the only place to eat at. And like, man, I mean, even in the Christian, even in Christianity, that's bold. That's bold to think that even if what you're saying about Jesus is true, the fact that you're saying it, you feel like that should be enough because you're the guy that's saying it, yeah. right? You're that's a celebrity. Not, that's not right. to God's glory and your joy. That's to your glory and your joy. And maybe the kingdom will grab some folks, maybe, right? But that wasn't your, that wasn't your right foot. That wasn't the lead. The lead was I'm saying it because I'm important, and I'm great in Christianity, right? That's still a measure of you. Yeah, I uh, I was uh, on some Facebook group, a little marketing group. I can't remember which one it was, and and someone had asked a question about they were assigned to create the pastor's website, which is separate from the church website, and they wanted other people's examples. And I was surprised of all these people throwing these examples on there, and I thought. I don't know that I've ever thought that I needed my own website. Right. But, yeah, you know, it's like... DanHudsonMinistries.com. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of <laughs> smelled bad to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I guess I get it if you're, uh, you, you know, one of the big guys that everybody follows. And then you get kicked out of a church, and then they still have your website going, I guess. Uh, but I, it, we all want to be celebrities. You know, whether we're a celebrity of 100 or, or 100,000, we all want to have that. And, and so if I have a website, I can reach more people for me. And, and ah, it just didn't smell good to me. Yeah. What bothers me? Help me, fellas, because I've got to get over this because I'm imposing it on my own children, really. Like, what bothers me so much about social media and the way that it exists? It seems like a bunch of people screaming for attention. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's unearned influence. Regardless, of, um, regardless of whether it's positive or negative, it is the ability, there's a sense of authority to speak into somebody's life that otherwise shouldn't have it. Right, like, um, because because all those relationships are non-contextual. They don't know. I don't know anything about you, but that you like me. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. That's all I know. Um, and like, they don't know anything about me except for that I'm a. I, I play a mean guitar. 
And somehow that has given me the ability to influence life. Or on the, or on the negative side, right? Like people have the ability to otherwise drag me into conversations in such a way that I wouldn't otherwise engage in with people who I, like, I might not spend a bunch of time arguing with. Um, and the presumption is that the playing field is equal. And so um, it, it is a, um, I think the notion of them being, they're not false relationships because they are relationships, right? They, they, they exist. Um, but they don't exist in the way that people can actually be known. And, they're, and they redefine what it is to be known. Like I am known, the, the, the social media belief of being known is me, I've, I, I've got to say everything that I believe or that I feel. But that's not you being known because you could be lying. Not intentionally, like you know, or, or misrepresenting what's going on. It doesn't sit in the context of everything that you're talking about. And so, like this guy's going through, like the the, the worship leader with Hillsong, or you know, some of the other people that are leaving. Like, there's a context to their life, um, but they're choosing what to say. And most people will never know the difference. And that is just what we're gonna have to deal with. And like, it then affirms people who say, "Oh, well, this kind of sounds like me," and and it has the ability to create that influence. So I think there's it's just there's no check there's no checks to it. There's no balances in it. Normal relationships have balance. If I if I'm sitting next to my wife and I say, "Yeah, yeah, we've we we haven't fought in three years," she'd go, "That's horseradish. We fought on the way here in a car, right?" And that's regardless of where we went. And so, like, there's some there's some accountability to that relationship. Um, social media of like does not often present the means to have. It's that a filtered life. It gets to produce a, a filtered life, yeah. which means it's a, it's disingenuous. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I, I can't I can't tell. And like, there are people who I know. That I've seen the way that they use social media, and they're pretty unfiltered. They're they're the same people, right? But like, there's a lot of people that aren't that way, right? And like, they they paint pictures and they they create false realities, only to only for the benefit of the perception of others on what they think of you. And once again, that is for your own kingdom. That is your uh, your own kingdom thing. And like, not to say that you can't have friends or have people enjoy you or care that you ate it to Taco John's, right? Like. It's, 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 I'm not going quite that far, but what I'm saying is, is like, if you spend any time at all crafting your social media presence, you're, you're spending time building your kingdom. That's what you're doing. Uh, it, it, it's not biblical humility. Right? Our understanding of humility says, I don't have to think less of myself, but I do have to think about myself less. I'm not the prime focus of everything that's going on around And your crafting of your social media, like, you can run a filter. You don't say everything that comes in your mind. But, like... Um, the crafting of such a thing or the attempt to kind of cajole someone else into thinking something or reacting in a certain way, uh, that's not humility. That, that's what it, it lacks humility. Correct. Uh, I, hey, I did think of something, though. So I was thinking about this guy who I said, hey, uh, uh, he can't go back in the pulpit ever. Uh, is he not still responsible uh, biblically for leading his family? Well, yeah. I mean, isn't that still important? We can't Because the family him. left him. Uh, in, that, in his example, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but restoration should be his goal, right? So, but, but so he can be restored to the place of in, to, of of a proper leadership in his family, and that's important. He's leading people there. Mm-hmm. What precludes the following step that says he should lead others? Is it is it specifically back to Mike's point of saying, "Hey, it's it's uh, you know it's a risk area, and you'd be a fool to jump into it." I think it is. I guess I've always thought there should be an amount of time, and and that's kind of a vague statement. I yep. just you know, if, if twenty years goes by and you you be, have become the best father, the best husband, the best role model ever, well, maybe it's okay. You know, you know you've proven yourself. You've lived, but that's maybe that's kind of a cop out. Uh, in the back of my mind, I've always kind of thought that though. But these guys are like two years later. It's like you're. I'm, I'm sorry. In two years, you're you're still the same dude. 
I mean, sure, you make changes, blah, 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 but you can't tell me that you're suddenly not going to have affairs when the last two churches you were at, that's all you did. Yeah, right, right. You already ran on this once, and you went somewhere else and did yeah. it again. I guess maybe what, what that's causing me to do is pause, perhaps. Um, I don't know, now that I'm thinking through the scripture that I was, that I was pondering through, is it, it, I, I'm not sure actually now that in context it's specific enough to say never. I'm not sure that's the case, actually. Um, however, I think it. I think if you run through basic filters of is this for God's kingdom, yes or no, like is it possible? Let's get to get back to Boo's core question. Is it possible that someone who the rest of humanity says this person should not be doing this, and that the Spirit calls them into it? I I suppose. Um. I, I don't find that particularly likely. I think I think you would need confirmation from other people who are closely involved in mentoring. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and there's got to be some process. Um, I still lean toward not, but but I've I've seen people do it, and I've not like picking it outside the place. Right, right, <laughs> right. Uh, I guess. I, and so, so maybe the, the and, and this is a bigger question. In fact, I'll I'll, I'll save the core question, I suppose, to, to another time. But the the um, because you have a playing field that says, "Hey, man, the spirit will do whatever it wants." True. Yes. Of course. Um, if that is the guiding principle, the Bible is way too long. It requires almost none of it. I probably could have could have done that thing in three pages. No, that's true. God created way too many points of order on His character. If He's just going to say, "Listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about this. Fly, fly wherever you want." Yeah, yeah, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think there is, uh, and I, I don't. I, I always hate the word balance here uh, because I don't think that's the right way to think about it. But like, um, Paul didn't say, "Dear Ephesus and surrounding churches who are also read this letter, the Spirit will tell you what to do." Love. He still says, hey, avoid sexual immorality. Like he's coming up later, the back half of Ephesians is actual tangible things. Don't do this, do this. Be patient with one another, right? Things that you say, like, is the spirit capable of, of telling me to be patient? Sure, sure. Uh, but if you remember uh, in that same section of, of Ephesians, he says uh, that God gave the church gifts like teachers, preachers, prophets, people who otherwise go to a broader group and say, here's the thing. You need to be humble. You need to be patient. You need to be gentle. Uh, you need to have uh, watch your sexual morality, like use kind words, like all these things, right? And so I, I, I just I, I'm, that's that's where I am hesitant. And this comes from a guy who very much believes that I uh, run the risk of of nipping spirit, the Holy Spirit's work in my life because I don't understand it. I feel that's certainly possible. However, um, the the very nature of Scripture itself, unless I have to throw out, I shouldn't have to throw out Scripture, which otherwise affirms the Holy Spirit and its work in its life. And everything else the scripture says to get to that point, and so maybe that's that. Maybe we can. That's something we can bring up another time. But that is that is where I run um, a bell's ding for me. Is well, what if what if the spirit says this guy is to do something that otherwise, like it just doesn't sniff like it would do. And reasonable people who otherwise are following Jesus go, ah, I just don't think so. I mean, would you feel the same way about a guy that was embezzling from the church? Yes. Oh, would you yeah. feel the same way about a guy who told a lie? It depends what the lie was. Does it matter how he sinned? Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And and and, and, and frankly, the um the the the, the thought about um, all sin is equal is not a biblical thought. Right. It's just not. That's not. And so yes, I, I believe it does. Tell matter. Tell that to the people who were stoned to death. 
Yeah. yeah. As opposed to the ones who just had to sacrifice a right. bird. They, they all required, like, I get I get it. They're, they're yeah. poorly <laughs> describing that all require uh, the sacrifice of Jesus. Would you right. figure you'd look at a guy with beefy arms and go, boy, that guy got to carry a lot of goats in here. <laughs> <laughs> but look at, see, the thing is, there's just not that many, well, I can't think of too many examples of fallen shepherds in Scripture. Right. Uh, you can think of Moses made one mistake, and God's like, okay, you're not going to the promised land. I mean, that that it was like, dude, he just hit a rock. I mean, but really? He, but he did allow him to continue to lead them there. Right, he right. He just wasn't able to go in. But he didn't, yeah, he didn't lead him once he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but yeah, was it? promised that he didn't get yeah, 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 but that's a, but but once again, you didn't see Moses crying on the step and say, "Restore me back to my way into the promised land." Yeah, yeah. Give I, me I, back I what the I promised had. land too. Yeah. yeah, and he goes, "Boy, you're right. I've, I feel I've, led." And and even the sin itself was hard for me to grasp. I'm like, "What did Moses get in trouble for again?" He said, "Huzzah!" <laughs> and hit the rock. This was the problem, right? Stuff that I would let go and go. Sorry, I didn't presume upon your, your authority. Well, my bad. Moses totally doubted God's ability to let him be a pharaoh. Mm. So, so because of that, he was Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a tr- I mean, it's a trust issue, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. But, said, but I can't be the one to go talk to Pharaoh. I'm not a good speaker. You, should, you don't want to send my brother? <laughs> Please. So, <laughs> so overall, though, like, can you not say that, 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 that you, even as a pastor, are guilty of not trusting God when you should have? I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Right, right. right. I'm that, sure, yeah. That's a blanket statement for everybody, right? I'm just, right. So, so. Uh, well, okay, so, so let's look at the other behavior in Moses' life for a tangible example, right? Uh, did, he, did he otherwise di- uh, direct um, or influence, uh, to the extent that, that Scripture tells us, uh, the people he was leading in such a way that caused them to sin? No. His sin was a, was a, was a, a lack of personal faith between him and God. He didn't contribute to the cow. Now, I say this, uh, but Aaron still got the high priest kick. Yeah? It's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it. Dan's right, though. I suppose there's not, there's not a lot of... Um, just well, trying to I, think of some, you know. Well, like, I don't know. So remember, Paul. Paul talks about uh, who's who is it? Sylvanus? Who's the guy? He's like, hey, stay away from that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, uh, but Paul doesn't have people cutting. It doesn't have a problem cutting people off from the fellowship of the community, the church, for similar for unrepent for lack of repentance and continued destruction of the church, of which I would say these guys are guilty of. And you got him calling out Peter for racism. Yep. But he didn't. Say you can't lead anymore. I mean, uh. I think the hardest thing to grasp is like, uh, and, and and maybe man, maybe Boo was right. Here's the thing: it's like <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't go that far. I'm, I'm I, no, there I wouldn't go that far. Right? Here's <laughs> a, here's what I'm trying to process: is like I don't know this man, right? I don't yeah, know fair. him to Which say. Is why you shouldn't be the one to make decisions. I don't know this man Good to point. know whether his heart is repentant. It doesn't look that way from the outside looking in. This looks horrible. Right, right. It's st- it looks like a power grab. It looks like a whatever. Right, like but like if 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 he has truly repented, it, it just he has no signs of that. Hey, true I, repentance looks look, looks like action. I agree with that statement entirely. If I think there's that's not the true point. Repentance into it and 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 confession, repentance, moving towards the will of God. You're absolutely right. There's no reason for anyone, regardless of sin, to find themselves in a place where they are they are shepherding uh, believers in Christ. Absolutely not. They should not be there. There's 100 percent of that. But what I'm saying, though, is we, we can't, at least I feel we can't make this, this lofty statement of you can't move back in. It, it, you, you don't know the person's heart. You're not in their direct community. Hold, hold on a second. So, but, but, uh, if it, the, the very discussion that we just had is like, how do I know a person's heart? Like, what kind of, that, like that statement is, is extremely nebulous. 
Agree. Well, that's why I didn't stop. It's, just, it's about protecting the flock more than about the person. I, I agree with that statement. And I, yeah. I'm not saying that you should just automatically allow anybody in just because they said that they've repented of the sin and stuff like that. But, like, what I'm saying is I have a problem with us saying absolutely not. Mm-hmm. That's what I have a problem with. I think there are people that, that if, if there are true believers that we feel that are following God in those, those communities that are connected with those people, those pastors that are counseling through, whether it's older pastors in the situation or people who have been in the congregation for a long time that know God and know his principles and things like that, that can be uh, someone to speak into their life personally, uh, at, that they can't say, hey, you know, this is, this is a truthful situation. You, you screwed up. There's no doubt about that. You confess that. You moved uh, to repentance for that, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, and God is transformative in your heart and we understand that concept, and there is a call away from shackles and to grace and to love and to, to God's kingdom. Um, but not the pulpit. Okay. Why, what, is, why is that grace not enough? That's what I don't understand. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. Uh, my, my argument is not against the concept of that grace. I just I, You think it should be grace plus your old job back. No, and not in any situation. I'm saying if God calls you, we can't stand in the way. And that, that runs into where Ben and I disagree. Well, Ben and I are talking through the situation of, of like the Holy Spirit calling things and the Holy Spirit calling out specific things. And, and that's do you, that, let, well, let, so let's, that's kind of been you and I's conversation for what yeah, well, now. Yeah, well, so let's get, let's get the question. That, so, like, do you believe that the, the Holy Spirit will call you something that is, that is altered to the character of God? No, absolutely. Well, then we agree. Yeah, we agree on that, yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, then we don't, we don't disagree with each other then. Agreed. Okay. I'm not sure what happened there. So... I, my my I statement agree. of of understand my my statement of of listening to the Holy Spirit and listening to God calling things like that is not meant to be a statement against uh, or for the fact that the Holy Spirit would call anyone against the Spirit of God. That isn't it doesn't work. It's it's not a thing. It doesn't go against itself, right? Like God and the Holy Spirit don't go against one another. Work in, in t- like the concept of the, Holy, uh, the the trilogy there. Um, but I just where we have difficulty there is is uh, in interpretation. I would. Say. Uh, of what that looks like and how specific, if you will, those calls to individuals' lives. I'm not following the distinction you're making. Uh, okay. Like, what? Like, what? Like, be more tangible with me. What are you? What are you talking about? Oh, I'm just saying. What I mean from the perspective is, is if if God called that person into ministry in the beginning, right? Then they screw up. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that God's call is no longer for them to be in ministry? Very well could be, yes. Could be, but at all times. Is there a possibility that someone having screwed up, hardcore, adulterous, stealing from the church, anything like that, having known that they were called into ministry in the first place, is there a possibility that someone that was called into ministry screwed up, but that did not change the nature of God or the Holy Spirit's call in their life to that specific ministry? And if we can agree that, that, that there's the possibility that someone can be called into ministry in the first place, being fallible screws that up, but then can take back the mantle of their original calling from God, the Holy Spirit, into ministry after uh, confession, repentance, and moving towards the grace of God. Yeah, no, I would say it's not off the table. Okay, good. Dan, Mike? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, 
it's hard to make a a, a concrete statement. Agreed, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what why you're, that's what you're pushing back against, the, right? Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that that there's a heck, you're not saying that all the pedophiles there's in situations you know. where someone may not have been called into ministry, but they found themselves in a pastor's job. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. People can do that. People yeah. can get in the way of that situation. Just because someone is a pastor does not mean God called them specifically into that. Well, all I'm saying is if we can if we can agree that someone was called, whether probably not our distinction of whether or not they were, that would be someone in their uh, community that they worked with, they prayed on not only just themselves saying, hey, the Lord gave this to me. They asked their congregation to pray on this. They asked people that they trusted that mm-hmm. were willing to listen to God call things out uh, through that concept of working with believers in the area that they've determined as a community, yes, this was a move that God called. This was something that, that God did. Is the possibility there that they can, they can screw up being fallible but then move back into the place? Sorry, that was... <laughs> Uh, you know, it all goes to back to calling. You can you can screw up your calling, absolutely. Even though God, you know, really <laughs> See, wanted you to do it. The Bible, yeah, exactly. Samson, <laughs> you know, I mean, he did spend a good we chunk can, of time in prison because yeah. you know they kind of out of ministry yeah, there. Absolutely, Moses yeah. messed it up. Abraham messed it up. Sarah yeah. messed it up. Lot messed it up. All of them. Samson, I, I David. Is that, is that how you're using calling? For all is that? Are you, are you are we considering that equivalent across all those stores? I'm saying calling from the perspective of God uh, intervened and told them a plan, yeah? In this, in this situation, yeah, I'd call that. Or at least that's... Yeah, yeah, that's why I was, that's why I was assuming that. Was, okay. That's why I was picking up. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, it, it is hard to make a concrete. This is official stance. Uh, uh, forever on every situation. No, and I think so. So I, I think I understand, uh, and I and I would agree um, that there is uh, all politics is local to a certain extent, right? Like, there's certain extent, like how how can you know? Um, it, it's it's a bit of a communal thing. Um, I the the risk. I think where I'm where I'm pushing back is the risk on the other side that says um, the very thing that comes with. Hey, the Spirit told me I could do this. That flies in the face of everything we actually know about right. God and the Spirit. Uh, but some guy, because he could speak well mm-hmm. and made it sound like, "Hey, I'm very contrite," uh, and this situation does not make sense. And and he could go, "I know this situation doesn't make any sense, boys, but the Spirit said I could do it." Mm-hmm. And the, you know, we we listen to the Spirit, even though the Spirit is radical and does radical things. Right. The interpretation like, of circumstances into being God's calling the Holy Spirit. Moving. That's right. Yeah. He did. He did not. Uh, the Lord gave you a functioning brain. Paul seems to think that you're able to use some form of reason about the things that God has given you. Right. Uh, and I did not, I don't think it flies flies out the window just because we say the word Spirit in a freaking conversation. Agreed. Yeah. No, uh, I can lift a fridge, but that doesn't mean God's calling me to a ministry where I lift people's fridges. Uh. Yes. Correct. Right. So, like, I think that's the um, without enabling either um, a restriction that says the spirit is not capable of doing X, Y or Z or saying just because someone is under the just because if we see that the spirit can do anything it wants, it opens up the door for people to use the spirit Mm -hmm. to drive anything they want, which is a very human behavior of what you can tell the difference. Um, not by the state of their heart, like that I can't see or or otherwise interact with. Right? It is the function of what it it can be seen in actions. Right. It is not a mind thing. It is not I spent ten months on a mountain thing. It's not like I felt a whoosh of wind. Like I should <laughs> right. I should be able to see it in their lives because both the Old and New Testament uh, strongly indicate yeah. that the matter of faith is something that is tangible. Yeah, that's there, actually yeah, true. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Because the, the 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 sheep know the shepherd voice, right? Right. Like absolutely. Uh, I have I have been around uh, situations where the Holy Spirit has been in the middle of it, and you know it. You know mm-hmm. it's there. 
on the other hand, I've seen people repent, and I never thought, hey, man, I can't quite tell if that's repentance. You know what it looks like, right? You know what a humble heart looks like. Yeah. You know what people look like when they're, when they're repenting and humbling themselves yeah. before God's grace. See fruits. Yeah. And maybe and, and it, was, it was just it was a pointed example with the fellow we were talking about earlier because no part of that seems smells like repentance to me. Yeah, I don't think that guy's repentant at all. I think that that guy's in the situation where he's still trying to make excuses for it and is not willing to run into the concept of God holds something so much better than your fake version of half grace that uh, that you made up in your thought process. Who he- the thing is that, and 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 I think the reason that like it even this conversation even bears any weight because I think we can all agree when we get to the tail end of it. But people have continued and will continue to hurt other people. Yeah. In the name of the Holy Spirit. And it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing because yeah. people will claim that this is the Holy Spirit. This is the right thing. This is what we got. And you will find kids at the other end of that. And you will find wives at the right. other end of that. And, and then you go, who's keeping an eye on this Holy Spirit that would allow this guy? Right? And, then, and the Holy Spirit, I, 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 you know, I, I can't make a case for him. I got the Bible. I got God's character. I can say the Holy Spirit I know and the one that, that was promised to me acts this way. But the one that this guy's invoking seems to be right. doing whatever the heck he wants. And that's what it comes down to is, you know, if there's a call to anything in this, in this conversation, it is we need obedient Christ followers. Correct. We need obedient Christ followers that find themselves seeking first the kingdom of God in everything and understanding exactly like John 14 has the concept of if you love him, you will keep his commandments. You understand who God is. You find yourself in a place where you can identify Yahweh in things because you understand that you love him. He is your king. He is your Lord. He is El Shaddai, God, Lord Almighty, all those kind of things. When you truthfully understand the identity of the king and his commandments and where you are in that relationship, you will start to hear his voice, and you will start to hear where that comes from, and that spirit is second nature. See, and that's the thing, and, and that's like, well, like even a situation like this, take it out of the newspaper, put it down the street, and we know this fella. Right? Yeah. The sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and you hear this coming out of his mouth, and you go, nope. Yep. Nope. <laughs> you, know, nope. You, nope. you and nope. I would both show up to that church and nope. go, yeah, we're talking. Nope. And then yeah. we go find other people and go, nope. Nope. Right. Nope. That is not. That is not God talking right, right now. Right, exactly. And you, would, and, and you don't have to worry about whether it's a your kingdom versus his kingdom thing, whether he's right, you're right. What you're saying is, is I know what the shepherd sounds like, and that ain't him talking. Right. That's what I needed to know. You're out. Okay. You're not doing nothing. <laughs> And and and, and, then, and then witness to them as an unbeliever. And then and then you look at and then you look at the conversation that's going on. And you go, I, you guys don't recognize the the father's voice. You're not hearing it because you're about where they will like to hire this guy who says he hears it and he doesn't. This is not repentance. This is not God talking. This is a man in his kingdom. And so agreed. I I understand what what Boove is saying. And I I think there's just a there's a larger level. Is like even recently, um, I've just been around too many folks that do some very nasty things in the spirit's name. And because of the place that they're in, and like it, it's, it, ugh, ugh, yeah, ugh. it should be scary. It's it, it's that's, it's, that's it's just a thing. That like and, and we've talked about this on this show before. The number of people that have come through the show and been like, "The spirit is leading me to do this," or "The spirit do this," and find them five five years later where they're like, "The spirit let me down." What? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Trace that trace that treasure map back and see exactly where you. Something up. wasn't right about this. Something wasn't really right about what change. happened here. Right. You and yeah. Okay. We got through them. You got time for one advice? Yep. Here, live from the path. I've been dating my boyfriend for a year and a half. We're both 30, and we have pretty much decided to tie the knot. The only thing holding me back is his hygiene. When we met, he wasn't all that into showering and using deodorant. (laughs) 
hey man, you smell. I'm not all into that. You need to catfish get, don't know deodorant. Yeah, that's right. Just like Dan would say, you need to get woke to my fumes. <laughs> it's patchouli. Slowly over time, he has started to shower daily and wear deodorant, but he still doesn't brush his teeth. His apartment is my biggest nightmare. It's filled with open delivery boxes. There are beard trimmings all over the bathroom. He's trying to clean his beard up. That's reasonable. <laughs> a pink ring of death in his shower and his stovetop. Well, you get the point. Wait, what was the, what's the pink ring of death? Pink? What is that? Uh, that's the, Bubble like, bath. The mildew, mold, all oh. that stuff that, that uh, Mr. Bubble. gets on your shower if you don't clean it. I'm unfamiliar Soap with it. Soap scum. Yeah. Okay, all right, sorry, go ahead. I use biodegradable organic products, and they go right down the drain. Surprised you don't go run out in the rainwater, Mike. Singing like angels. <laughs> Actually, I shaved my beard off in the backyard. <laughs> of course you do. Then I don't have to clean it up. Yeah. I can never get that stuff cleaned up. I cut my hair With a bunch there, of mountains. Yeah. 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 I do almost all. I don't all. have the pink ring of death. I shower in Mother Nature. <laughs> yeah. Almost all my, my uh, cosmetic duties are done outside, so I don't have to clean up a mess. <laughs> uh, should I mention that I'm one of the cleanest people I know? I grew up with well-dressed, great-smelling men in my life. They're walking. They're, they're the walking, talking, real-life versions of a men's fashion commercial. Oh. Is this a make-or-break wow. situation? We get along in so many other ways. You need to make that decision. Uh, you, no. you are a human being. Make the decision of whether or not that's a make-or-break. You can't ask someone else that. That is your own life. Ridiculous. Now it's a break. What? Break it. I think that he you should have a conversation. He refuses to brush his teeth? There is, okay, there's a deep, there's something deeper than that. Okay, there's, there's a lack of discipline. There's a lack of discipline in many areas, I'm sure. Maybe his elbow hurts. He's got a raccoon for a spirit animal. I, I don't know what his problem is. But if you, you, are, can't, you, are, you are dating a trash panda, and, and you need to realize that you need to have that conversation. If you have a conversation that says, hey, this grosses me out. You think this has a, I, I assume that his behavior up to this point has changed because she's having those conversations. But I if you're, think so. If you're eight it's, months in and, and you're like, babe, I'd like to marry, but you will not hey, scrub I'm not your yellows. I'm not going to assume that, though, no, which is why I'm saying if you haven't had the conversations, have them. If you have, fuck. He's 30 years old. You're going to change his whole lifestyle in eight months? Give the man some room. Give him a little breath. You know, I am astonished to find you it's in getting any better. way giving this guy... Uh, some flack here. I'm going to tell you right now. If I was not tied to a woman right now, my toothbrushing would go way down. I don't, and I don't that like your own. That is your own personal progress. Yeah, it is. I don't that doesn't throw mean away. that a lady needs to, to, to follow along but if said, but But because you are associated with a woman who goes, hey, you got to scrub them yellows, you're going to do it. <laughs> I'm barely functional. You look like you just ate corn. I'm almost 40 up. years old. I'm barely functional as the man she's looking for. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you need to go home and thank her again. Uh, thank what, the Lord What for I'm her saying is, it's like... I mean, can you? Uh, you got. He's thirty years old. You give this man a little bit of breathing room. He's changed a couple things, right? So we don't like to throw boxes away. He's lazy. Get him a motorized toothbrush. He'll use that. Get him a trash compactor. He'll use that. What, I'm sorry. What the motorized toothbrush that walks over to your bed stand and jumps in? You I, think the problem is he's too lazy to hey, oh, move his hand? <laughs> Here's how you get this. This young man. This this thirty year old man. Excuse me. Yep. Uh, who just needs a little breathing room? No, needs so to far. change. Yeah. I guarantee you the toothbrushing. And the delivery boxes is not the extent of it. You need to. No put, one is that has that lack of discipline, and that's the extent. Oh, of it. that's not true. There's way more than that. Here's the deal. He has. If you if you put a toothbrush in the shower and in the bathroom, uh, he would brush his teeth. That would save it. Most people get in, a, get in the shower and think I so should. You think brush. he just doesn't have a? a, a toothbrush? I should brush my teeth, but I don't want to get all the way out of the shower to go get it because I'm lazy, and then he doesn't brush at all. Hey. But if you put a toothbrush in there, he would definitely do it. Well, yeah. Hey, how much do you love me, babe? Less than two feet. 
Yeah. I love, hey, some people say I love you to the moon and back. Your this oral guy's hygiene like, grosses me out. Well, that yeah. sucks. I don't love you any more How than it takes me this to reach Now, hold on. You flip that question around. How much do you love me? $2.50 for another toothbrush in the shower. Do you love me? Buy that toothbrush. You think that the person that 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 has yes. good oral, oral hygiene is, yes. the, is the one who should be making the compromise? Yes. Okay, Not me, the person who doesn't okay, brush their teeth. Yes. Yes. Delivery box. Let me up. follow it. Let's follow it. She goes and buys a toothbrush. He still don't use it. Yeah, he does. What has no, to do with the delivery let's box? Let's say he doesn't. Why are you telling a story in which he doesn't? I say he does. I'd say he doesn't. What about the apartment? What about when, the when apartment? When you buy the 250 toothbrush, is he going to clean up his place? Well, while he's brushing his teeth, she can pick up them boxes. <laughs> so now she has to clean up after him. <laughs> well, here, here's you the were deal. a shell of a you, man, Mike. You give a little, you get a little. <laughs> oh, he's going to lose his teeth pretty soon anyway. Their teeth are all going to be gone soon anyway. Yeah. He's not brushing them. There's no way he doesn't, that doesn't actually he brush his teeth, right? <laughs> he chews gum. Then he feels that like they, not, oh, yeah. he feels like they, totally. they, they taste 10 better. out of 10 de- <laughs> dentists recommend uh, some kind of dentine ice to take over yeah. your oral hygiene. He gets up in the morning and goes, I need some gum. <laughs> <laughs> or he drinks chocolate milk to make the steak go away. I mean, I've done your that. statement of the two and a half feet doesn't make sense because he's probably got to get up to get his gum. No, he leaves it next to the bedside table. Is that for all day then? Yeah. Then he, we're still back to the situation where he's gross. I think he's all right. You and I both know gum does not last longer than an hour. you got to have a lot of gum. <laughs> he's prepared. No, he's not. He gets spurts of activity where he buys lots of gum. No. Sure. <laughs> Fine. I'll give you that. And then he needs to follow through and just clean up his place. Your place is gross. Your teeth are gross. You're gross. Yeah, you guys are so judgmental. <laughs> the spirit has led him not to brush his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for the lightning. That's true. Paul doesn't speak to that specifically. Spirit could yeah. be all about spirit that. Spirit could lead me to Says a man of one wife. Don't say nothing about no teeth brush. This could be, he could be a prophet, and this is a sign act. <laughs> The words of it's your the mouth next are John disgusting. the Baptist. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. No one says why no one Locus likes to listen to Jeremiah. <laughs> Maybe he's got the stank breath. I, that's a true statement. Did John the Baptist take care of his teeth? I Probably think not. No. Nope. I think he went out in the wilderness that was his charm. and just said, hey, I'm here to baptize, not have clean teeth. Yep. And, it, and, and his prospective woman's like, you need to put on a different suit, clean yourself up. He yep. goes, be gone, woman. Came that's why there's so many baptisms. <laughs> put me under. I don't want to smell that. Hey, to you're that standing too close. Your halitosis is awful. I'll say it. Jesus is the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is the Christ. Make this stop. <laughs> oh, man, Lord, don't kill me for that one, please. Hey, I, hey, to that point, if the Lord has raised him as a prophet, he's trying to scare this woman away. It's best that she leave. It probably is. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's true. She should probably get out of there because his life yeah. is probably not going to be full if, of luxury and, and greatness there. Yeah, uh. so brass tacks. If this is the work of the Lord, he's trying to chase her out. Two, if it's not the work of the Lord, he's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> brush your teeth and throw stuff away. Now, to be fair, she's comparing him to this Old Spice dad of hers. <laughs> her comparison is ridiculous, but that, her, her, her lack of having anything to stand on actually doesn't change the fact that he should still change that. Tell me this was not true about any of your houses before you were married. You filled with open delivery boxes. Yeah, sure. Check. Absolutely. There are beard trimmings all over the bathroom. No. No. I didn't do that either. Uh, I might. A pink ring of death in the shower. <laughs> no. Okay, yeah, shower, yeah. Probably, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Get yourself a, a, a like, magic eraser. It goes away. They didn't have that seconds. when I was that, that old. Well, I'm sorry, you're a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> we had borax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get yourself a thing of borax and dump it down yeah. the drain. Yeah, and then when it comes out high as a kite, and we're like, <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> Yeah, and then you go get more pizza, and you got more open delivery boxes. That was his problem. Now, hold on. I grew up with the well-dressed, great-smelling men in my life. They're walking, talking, real-life versions of a men's fashion commercial. Yeah, now, so I can't compete with that. No, I'm That's say, unrealistic. Just because Frank Sinatra lived at your place. I mean, what, what's old Mike oh, to do? Mickey Blue Eyes is the one walking what around. What is Mike to do? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. you got to drop him. It's, it's not. He can't compete. 
You live with T. Hilfiger. Yeah. It's not his deal. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's reality is what bothers her a little bit now is going to bother her a lot in about oh, five years. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they ever get married, she's going to be so grossed out a week into their marriage. Yeah. They get she's along live on with every other go, aspect. I have no. to clean this house again because you got another Domino's box. Teeth smell like a possum. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, over the years, as you, if, when you marry this man, give him 10 years and he'll have his stuff straightened out. I mean, that's a long time. But yeah. Live with gross halitosis for 10 years? The toothbrush thing needs to come up sooner. <laughs> but the pizza boxes. I mean, start, start with once a week there, catfish. So obviously, I would, I, I, would set some, I would set some limits here. I think it's all right to say, look, you got to we, – we ain't coming together – Biblically, here's what I understand. Until you Mike start just stood up. Oh, no. <laughs> here's what I, here's what I understand about you guys. Physically standing. You're willing to leading. defend the accosted preacher out of the church and give him back his space, but the man who was having a hard time learning to brush his teeth, you're breaking up the marriage to say you're out. We're I'm, not going to work on this. I'm Grace is gone. Everyone's out of the room. <laughs> Pick up your pizza boxes by yourself. Hey, now, hold leaving. on. I was, I, I was, I was the negative on both. It has to. He gets no pastorate, and this man gets no wife. <laughs> Hey man, I changed my entire argument from earlier. He he shouldn't be a pastor. Yeah, <laughs> man. Even if he's a toothbrusher, give the he, grace to this man. <laughs> Here's the thing: if there's change, yes, I, I'm a, I, I'll make you a bet right now. You go over the, the the news feed over the last week, and you look at this guy from Hillsong that left, and you look at this televangelist that's trying to start this church, and All you look at how shiny his teeth are. I, <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to. Look find how that well put together the man of God is with oh, a fancy buddy, suit. He brushes his teeth and seems yeah. to somehow find debauchery. <laughs> how did I know that was going to be your argument the second you started that? <laughs> same thing with people who drink water historically all of them are dead I'm not going to drink water and the same argument with coffee is 99% water so I'm not going to drink water I feel like you're not giving old Hal Atosis near the chance he deserves uh, Mr. Atosis, Mr. Hal Atosis if, if there's a redemptive nature to his actions yep. as in he starts brushing his teeth and then maybe cleans up his place every once in a while at least yeah fine I Give mean, can he ever hope to be as holy as the clean people that you love? <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm not advocating for holy and clean. Hold on. Guiding principle. My extension of grace does not require me to continue to expose myself to your continued running outside of it. To your gross mouth. I mean, if he's not cropped us in the place with his... <laughs> so now there's... What's the he's problem? catfish. Of course he is. What do you think kind of behavior follows marriage, Mike? Where she's not going to get close to this man? Uh, yeah. Hey, baby, can I have a kiss? Not in a million years. <laughs> yeah, no. Did you see that shower toothbrush I bought you? Yeah. No, honey, I missed it. He's got a five-pound pack of the gum. He's doing just fine. Poppity, poppity, poppity. Yeah, yeah, that's what she... That's what She always thought, boy, marriage is going to be great. I can always be six feet out of my man and picking up his oh, body. Yeah, I, lo I love your treasures in your teeth for sweetheart. Here's Come the thing: is I, smooch. I'm almost certain that my wife would have loved to run her her fingers through my long flowing locks, but that ain't ever going to happen. Does that mean I can't get married now? That was not your choice. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. His toothbrush it is, Mike. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> He's not allergic to the toothbrush. You don't know anything he does about not this have man. Some weird. Like Maybe his grandpappy beat him with the toothbrush. What do you know? Like Maybe he had a weird neighbor that chucked brushes at him Man, all the I got time. Tennis elbow. I, can't, I can't brush my teeth. No. He could be just really buff. Yeah. He just can't reach right. him. Yeah. Okay. Maybe he's got bulging biceps. Ridiculous situation. From left field, Dan comes in with some if, tooth and honesty. If your bodybuilding, gross tooth, nasty apartment boyfriend has biceps and pectorals so big he can't brush his own teeth, 
that you get one of those that sticks to the wall and you push his face against it. That's why he, he can't pick up the run. pizza boxes up off the floor because he's too <laughs> Wait robust. Wait, hold on a minute. Hold on. A man that cannot brush his teeth also cannot eat. Yeah, are you going to feed him too? You got forks for that. She's got a corn on the cob, the man. It's a toothbrush, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what is the difference in length of a fork? It's a long fork. Dan, if you're going to be on my side, you've got to do better than this. <laughs> you know what? Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to your local dentist that's been there for 70 years where the old guy has been there forever, and he's got that comedy toothbrush that's this big. You're yeah. going to be like, hey, doctor, can I borrow that one for my hubby? Because he has such large muscles he can't use the regular one. He, he is. Oh, great. Now listen. So your husband can brush his toothbrush. He has started to brush his teeth, or he has started to shower daily and wear deodorant. That's way better than when you started. met him. He's doing his best. I, yeah, I, he's making progress. No. Fine. I'm sorry that your boyfriend's best is not is is stopping at deodorant, but can't brush his. Teeth. Yeah, yeah. This belies every argument you made. Hey, he's he's too he's too lazy to grab the toothbrush. Right. He could grab he's the doing deodorant. His best. He knows how to turn on the shower. He's a boob. <laughs> <laughs> he's a freaking boob. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd like to give him another chance. <laughs> I feel like he's all right. <laughs> yeah, she should give him another chance with the next gal after he goes, oh, crap, I should probably brush my teeth and clean my teeth. I mean, what do, you, what do you want, ultimatum the guy? Say, look, uh, we're done. Call me when you brush your teeth longer. After Let so me long, see some maybe. true repentance and get brushing that teeth. After so long, maybe, should you put up with bad behavior just because you need to be graceful to them? No. 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 You call out it. Here's the deal. You call it out. I think, I think, I think he is stubbornly refusing to brush his teeth to give the old uh, center center finger up to Ted Worthington the third and the rest of his guild. Oh, my grandfather was the most wonderful man I've ever met. <laughs> he smelled of delicious elderberries. Ridiculous! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> you guys are so harsh on this guy. <laughs> uh, even even yeah, even if his motives are not clear. Uh, this is a this is a problem, and you don't. I don't think you go into marriage. This is what I. Here's the thing. It's like I'm always the first guy to jump in the pool to be yelling at dudes right. about the way that they're acting. But this is not him mistreating a woman. He's mistreating himself <laughs> and, and the I, woman. And the woman. She's got to suffer for this. She don't have to kiss him. That's oh, that her option. That sounds like a great relationship. Yeah. That she she wants some yeah. kind of physical interest. Lick his face. I don't know. <laughs> Come up with anything. <laughs> yeah. Paul says, hey, separate for a time that's mutually agreed upon, like forever, because he won't brush his teeth. <laughs> Until you brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this seems right. I think you're overestimating what Moses had in his toiletry bag, right? He doesn't carry a toothbrush and <laughs> <You're right. laughs> deodorant. <laughs> hey, here's, hey, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Moses most certainly brushed his teeth. His wife was one that was willing to, like, hard nail circumcise a kid right out right. or, or like, like a circumcised folk right in the middle of everywhere uh like sight unseen and so you tell me that he's that, that yeah, she goes gonna kind of you're gal. gonna brush moses or are we gonna have trouble right, exactly <laughs> yes dear she's not gonna take a hard stance in one situation and then just go eh, i mean i'm not too worried about boys i never thought i lived with such a bunch of worthington's <laughs> you guys <laughs> here we go we're gonna read secular's advice let's see if, if you can agree uh generally she's pretty hoity-toity so she might be right in with you guys here we oh, go. Man. I'm glad you asked. Yes, this is a make-or-break situation, and it needs to be resolved before you sign up with this, quote, cellmate for life. While I appreciate his making the effort to shower as a step in the right direction, his lack of attention to his dental health is a cause for worry. Decaying teeth and periodontal disease can cause serious health problems, including health to heart issues later in life and may be related to Alzheimer's disease. Holy cow. These are who you're in bed with. <laughs> leave this it to, right here. Leave it to secular to bring up Alzheimer's when yep. it comes to brushing your teeth. If you think his living conditions are a turn off now, consider how they'll affect you if you marry him when he's gotten better. 
He either never learned or doesn't care to pick up and clean after himself. That task will be all yours. If you really love him, draw the line now, and perhaps it will be put him on the right path. Better late than never. Now, here's, here's the thing. I'm, I'm generally against ultimatums uh, because they tend to reflect some level of selfishness or something or other, like you're trying to make a hard stance. However, <laughs> in light of a lack of teeth brushing at all, and I don't mean – see, here's, here's, here's what I'm okay with. God brushes his teeth before he meets this chick all the time. Before they go out to eat or whatever, and then she marries him and finds out that that's the only time he brushes his teeth. That seems like a reasonable marriage thing to know. Like that happens, I think you can work through that. But like, it lets a man into the pulpit <laughs> who is a dirty swimmer. <laughs> that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. Your grace is enough. <laughs> These are great songs, man. I don't know. I don't know. They just come to me right now. <laughs> yeah. Love abides all things, Mike says. <laughs> Let me sing some of the Marty Marty classics. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> now, applying for and then recently leaving Hillsong, Mike. Fu- <laughs> I don't. I write the classics. Oh, going on anyway. All right, <laughs> brush your teeth, clean your apartment. <laughs> I see the Lord's spirit in my beard trimmings <laughs> that I leave on the floor constantly <laughs> as a reminder of God's great gift to me. <laughs> ah, he's a bum. I'm with you. You've been listening to life from the past. Thank you. Hey. Yeah. Hey, listen here. I, there had to have been something you disagreed with. <laughs> That's the complaint line, 515-517-0085. That's 515-517-0085. Uh, that's the Life in the Path complaint line, uh, sponsored without his knowledge by Bob Eisenhower. With the Eisenhower <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Appreciate it, Bobby. Who All right. All right. Free. <laughs> Who is free? Where are you guys at? We got to go. All right. Who lo- who's with me? I don't know how to count this. I'm turning up Dolomite. Oh, child of God. Brush yes. your teeth. <laughs> Don't smack the rock. <laughs> All right. Sit down. <laughs> Get out of here. You put the, we may not see you next week. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to Live from the Path. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>